Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode two of The Roland Show. And like I touched on briefly in the first episode, although there probably will be episodes when it's just me talking, today I have a special guest. And this is going to be the first guest. And I think everyone is really going to appreciate the level of value that this individual, this gentleman is going to bring. So that being said, I'm very excited to introduce to everyone who may not be familiar with this man, this young entrepreneur, this young champion that I'm about to introduce, that I am so happy to be sitting here with. Who I have with me today would be Jared Suarez. So this man is the definition of a day one. If you're not familiar with that framework, with that lingo, with that jargon, with that terminology, day one meaning that's your motherfucking dog from day one. You guys grew up together. You guys came up together. You guys became men together. So this is my best friend. This is my brother. This is my mentor. I would die for this man. This man has changed my life. He's been an inspiration, a motivation, uh, a partner. Um, once again, I would go to war with this man. I trust this man with my life. Uh, this man is a champion. And it's beautiful to see how he's empowered not only himself on his journey, himself on his journey, excuse me, but also the people that he's empowered on his journey as well, including me. And that being said, I think that's incredibly powerful, <clears throat> excuse me, powerful because once again, he's empowered himself and then shared that with others. He's empowered me and with that gift, I can do the same for others. So. That being said, it's just a beautiful kind of domino-esque cycle of reciprocity and love and growth and expansion and learning, which at this point in my journey seems to me to be all that really matters. <laughs> Grow, evolve, adapt, and expand. So that being said, once again, I'm introducing my brother Jared Suarez, um, an entrepreneur, a champion, a winner and an overall great person and uh what's up jared how you doing brother what is going on thank you thank you for the introduction and yes. uh what's going on everybody all the listeners here and i it's an honor uh to be on the podcast today super hyped to be the first guest and be sitting here with my good friend roland uh once again day one one of the realest guys i know one of the best friends i have and uh, that's for life. So I'm excited for the podcast and what we get get into today. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> Much love. Okay. So that being said, before we hopped into the podcast, we were just having a conversation about the social dilemma, which I just watched this weekend recently, and um, just kind of talking about the effects of social media and technology and kind of the way that that affects like your mind and your perspective and your perception, which based on kind of like the nature of how the human brain works um, is really interesting based on like how addictive that is. And I say that very vaguely because I think you had like some really beautiful and powerful points. So if you just want to kind of touch on your thoughts on the social dilemma and kind of sure. like give your overall like perspective on like not only the social dilemma, but kind of like how technology is affecting people and kind of like your stance on that, your opinion on that, and uh, how you think people should kind of like monitor their usage and like be aware mm. of the 
power of the tool that's being utilized. Absolutely. Awesome. So, and to give everyone who's tuning in a quick background, I work within the social media realm. I run an advertising agency for the last four years, uh, basically working with business owners to uh, create and run advertisements for them, bringing in you know additional leads, more revenue, uh, all that good stuff. So this is kind of my, my field and why we were sort of uh, diving into it earlier. And yeah, just to give a quick take on it. And if you haven't seen The Social Dilemma, uh, definitely worth the watch. I'd also say check out The Great Hack, um, another social media oriented documentary. It's a little bit more political going into like the 2016 election and whatnot, but it's another thing that is a huge eye opener and it was a little more slept on than this one, I think. Interesting. Um, so definitely tune into that. I'll have to check that out. So uh, with The Social Dilemma, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, most people were thinking that I probably hated it because it was making it seem like some of the stuff that I'm involved with is, you know, on the darker side or like digging into your privacy and, and whatnot. Um, and I'm not going to go, you know, cause based on your kind of line of questioning there, I don't want to go too far into necessarily that side of things. Um, I will say all in all, I think that the social dilemma gave you a really good perspective as to what is the driving force behind social media as far as what is the objective of the companies, which um, just to kind of reiterate it here for those who haven't tapped into that yet, uh, is really just time spent on the platform, right? Getting you to spend as much time as possible because they make all of their revenue through advertising or a great majority of it, like 98% plus, right? Uh, so as you're spending more time, you're being served more ads, you're they're making more money, right? Because they're right. selling those impressions. They're selling your attention. Right. Right. So I think within that and knowing that, um, it can be super powerful to have that awareness Agreed. because of your intentionality and your, I don't even want to say your, just our as, as a whole, like this whole generation, our maturity with the platform and how we're using it and how we're being intentional, um, I think is huge. And just that is a big eye opener to how negative it could go. Right. based on how you know the algorithm is built around you and it's taking in all of your actions and all the stuff and ultimately it's trying to get you to spend more time on the platform right. but it it really you in a sense create your own algorithm yes. right everyone is always asking me what's the algorithm well it's like you know people are trying to do good on Instagram or whatever well technically i mean not only is that algorithm always changing but it's built around us specifically it's tailored by us as well so you're not my my feed's not going to look you know, like your feet or whatever, right? Right. Um, so all, all that being said, I just think that the biggest thing I got out of it was in the knowingness of how social media works and how the algorithm and how, you know, everything is incentivized with time spent. As somebody who's a creator and someone who's trying to share and give and empower people, like you were saying, um, I think it becomes a tool in that sense. You know, I don't think this stuff is inherently bad. Right. Um, and like I was explaining to Roland here, I was, you know, uh, basically saying that anything that's, that has this much power can be utilized in different ways. Right. Right. Um, I think it was made to look pretty dark in, in the episode. Totally. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but that those same, those same incentives, that same reward of, you know, getting time spent on platform is going to reward, uh, us as well, right? For example, if I'm someone who's sharing and creating, if I'm consistent with my content, I'm going to be rewarded with more reach because people are spending time on what I'm giving. 
and I'm sure that I'm intentional and actually giving value. So in that sense, that's almost becomes something that's powerful, right? That's something that's leverage for whatever your vision is or whatever you want to cast out there. So um, I think all in all, especially when watching that show, it's really just about, hey, let's be mindful. Let's let's get the awareness. Let's look in all this stuff, not in a biased sense, but just to have the knowledge because it is here. It is what it is. Um, It is going, you know, I was saying even how people I know that are super freaked out about that show, they're still using social. Right. And now they're just freaked out and feeling negative about it and they got guilt and shame and all this stuff, but they're still consuming in the same ways, right. you know, and it's, it's pretty, it's the opposite of, I think what that documentary was trying to get people into the state of. So right. definitely don't, you know, let it, uh, weigh you down in that sense, I would say. Very well yeah. said. <laughs> Very well said. I think that was a beautiful synopsis. And uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. And I, I think you mentioned a couple of things that were really powerful. Uh, the biggest thing is just being intentional and being mindful after you're educated and after you receive the awareness. Like, it's like, okay, even though it's framed in like a darker light with like a darker tone, just showing you the potential downside as far as how powerful the tool is and like how it could be negatively utilized, like you said, without touching on that any further, because I think the framework speaks to that beautifully. It's just understanding like, okay, if you're intentional with your usage of the technology and basically don't succumb to the fear, but still understand the power of the tool and the opportunity that's being presented, you can utilize that for your benefit. But it comes with after the awareness, basically just being intentional And understanding that there's always going to be positives and negatives involved with everything, but it's up to you to use discernment to empower yourself because like you were saying, basically like technology is always going to be evolving and adapting. Things are always going to be changing and just being adaptable and understanding that's kind of like the nature of life and the only constant really is change. The nature of life is ebb and flow. So if you can just be strategic about your intentions you can still be successful and utilize these things successfully without while mitigating correct the downside potential downside yeah yeah and i think that's huge and like i was telling you earlier i think it's really understandable that not everyone has been able to execute that or have that breakthrough totally because again it it is designed for um kind of consumption right and and even the update with instagram like i was saying you know that whole navigation tool at the bottom now is all based around consuming content and or shopping as opposed to that have been beforehand it was you know a little more communicative you had like your notifications to interact with people and then you had um your create button or your post button now that's kind of been tucked away more so like in the corner you only see it on your home page you know um so i think you do have to be careful with the the dopamine driven feedback loops like they say you know when you're pulling down you're getting the hearts and the buzz every time and you're getting rewarded when you refresh and you get this new piece of content and and it's very overstimulating right um but again things like social dilemma and and whatnot um take it as you may but i think all that stuff creates an awareness around you being able to now make those changes right like big thing that for me when i learned and, and for people who haven't done this yet, definitely do. When I learned how to check out my screen time on my iPhone, just going through my settings, 
Um, and then I think it's like somewhere under the general or it's actually just says screen time on there now, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, you can look back over weeks of time. You can look different apps, how many times you picked up your phone in a day, right? And you start, now it starts getting really interesting because you see like the real truth and you can start empowering yourself with that. So I think that's another big thing of agree. checking out um, how much time you're spending because it can be a huge focus killer and a huge... You know, you, you got to think you're scrolling through that content so quick, but your subconscious catches everything. You know, it's like your brain's fast enough to still catch all, all and consume all of that. Totally. Even if you're just whipping through or if you're on your explore page or whatever. Right. So it becomes a big influence and you really have to understand. It's something I've even struggled with because I'm on, I'm on there all the time. A lot of times for business or you feel like you have to promote yourself or you feel like you're stuck in this content loop where I have to give to the platform or I'm not going to be rewarded and, and all yeah. this stuff right definitely um so i would say definitely you know everything starts with awareness figure out where you're at with it and um really think about what you use it for and why you're putting out content and like we talked about even you know when i'm speaking with clients i get really intentional about that stuff everything starts with the why and the foundation of it and really figuring out what is the end goal what am i trying to provide here who am i talking to and i think when you have that and you can use those points, or I like to call them pillars, or those foundational things, you know, that you're working off of, it acts as a compass almost, yes. so that you're being more intentional automatically as you refer back to those things and you you keep yourself, um, you know, accountable and, and intentional uh, creating on the platform. So, you know, first thing I'd say for everybody is check out how often you're picking up your phone, how... Uh, how much time you're spending on the apps and then looking even into who you're following, auditing that, um, you know, how, how are you just, just being aware in the moment, I think is the biggest thing you can do to really start changing those neural pathways and not be stuck in the pattern. <laughs> um, another good thing, honestly, this sounds weird, uh, but for people who are having issues with, um, again, look at your pickups. If you you know, if you tap Instagram unknowingly, just when you open your phone or you ever exit out of it and you just click back on it, Yep. It's like, whoa, that right. you ever you ever do that and you feel like, wow, man, this is I feel very like uh not powerful right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in control of what's going on. Dude. Um yeah. so a tip I tell people and this is work for me, uh just move it. Move move your Instagram app. That's like perfect. mine is inside of a different folder and it's all the way in the back. And so it's not something that's super easily accessible to me that I'm just gonna mindlessly click on. Yeah. Um also I don't have it, so I went in my settings, and when I search or when I go to my menu or any of that stuff, it will not come up as a recommended app. Nice. Or if I search as an app, it won't pop up. Nice. So I have to physically find it. It's never going to prompt me to mm. open it. You mm. know, and, and different notifications can be set up that way too. So right. there's ways to be strategic about it. You know, but I think just getting really clear with your intention in the first place of why am I on here right. um, can be huge. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. And I think that is such a really powerful and really practical tool. And I think that's what it's all about. Like you said, it's just like having the awareness and understanding like if you're not going to be mindful, you're going to be mindless. And it's up to you to take that responsibility to basically make sure that you're empowering yourself. Because like you said, like how interesting is it that how many times have we all done this? Like you close the app and you without even thinking about it on autopilot, you're right back in the app. Like... Like you said, yep. is that power? Is that empowering? Absolutely not. Your <laughs> attention was just robbed from you without your knowledge, even. So, I think, 
especially if you want to be more intentional about like, how can I say this? Well, one thing that came up when you were making those really great points was the Cal Newport book. I think it's called uh, Deep Work. Deep Work, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because like, if you can't even like focus, if you can't focus, you can't get into this state. He touched on the book called Deep Work, basically, which is a state you want to be in to be more effective, like while working is how I, is how I understand it. Mm -hmm. And it's the way I think about it is like, okay, you want to get into that flow state, which is optimal where you're fully present in the moment, present in the moment, excuse me. And you're creating effectively. Right. And like, you're basically in control at that point. And you touched on something else. I think is super interesting, like neural pathways, like the more you do certain things, the more the habit is established, it becomes more ingrained in you and then it becomes harder to change. So you're establishing like neural pathways in your brain every time you make a decision. But if you're not being mindful about the decisions that you're making, and if you're making them on autopilot, you're basically creating your experience on autopilot. So you're basically not in control because you're creating on default. So that being said, it's so interesting. And Hmm. I wanted to ask like, as far as like being more intentional about spending less time on the phone, and it's kind of like why I wanted to touch on like deep work and just getting into states where you're like optimally focused, kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum. Do you notice that you're more present and more clear and like more focused and more quote unquote in control when you spend less time on the phone? Because that's something that I kind of notice. Like if I'm more intentional about the screen time and kind of know the score, which is uh, something Kevin Trudeau talks about. Yeah. Kind of like you said, just like as far as like the screen time and just like kind of knowing where you're currently at so you can know what adjustments need to be made so you can get, you know, to a different space. But like, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Like, as far as like... On the removal, like on the the abstaining from the device use? Is that what you're... Yeah. That's... Yeah. And and also, I think you made a good point um, with the neural pathway, you know, not to like super dig on that, but there was a, sure. good, a good sort of metaphor that... I used the other day, I was talking about this. Um, and again, I know obviously I'm not a uh, neuroscientist by any means, but based on, you know, my readings through um, just different literature and whatnot, even even deep work and the leading brain and some of those other really good books, um, you know, the way when, when we're, we have all these neural pathways firing, you know, all the time, like you were saying, when you're making that subconscious decision, it's just because you've, you've taken the same route so many times it becomes easy to fire that narrow pathway, right? Like your brain is trying to conserve energy. It's, it's trying to serve you. And so it's using less, it's like, oh, he always goes that way with it. You know, let's, let's just do it automatically, right? Right. Um, but I like to think of it as if you were to imagine sand, right? Imagine being on the shore and tracing lines down into the sand, you know? So imagine kind of going, putting water down through um, through that sand and they're all going down the three. So you've got three different pathways, right? Right. You following that? So, you know, I make a path with a stick in the, in the beach, right? Right. Three different routes. So okay. the same way now imagine those are your neural pathways, right? Right. As I'm choosing one and you can kind of picture this as you choose a specific type of decision or a specific type of reaction to a stimuli or to, to something outside of you, right? Right. Circumstance. And then you have your, your response. Sure. Um, as you choose that path, it gets deeper. So let's say as you choose that path each time or react in that way, 
you know, you're taking a stick and you're putting enough, you're, you're going a little deeper in that line. Right. Right. So what happens is, you know, you've got one super deep line and then you've got two shallow lines. When I go to pour that water down again, where is it going to go? It's going to mm-hmm. automatically go to that one that I dug deeper because it's effortless. Right. Because it's easier, the energy is going to flow that mm-hmm. way. Right. So yeah. the only way to change that, because now it's happening just automatic. Right. We've already, I've already been programmed to the thing. Most people already have that issue with Instagram. It's not, you know, it's already been done, right? That neural pathway is very strong clicking back in or scrolling or whatever it is. Right. Um, so it takes a conscious effort in the beginning to start undoing that. You have to consciously in the moment of clicking Instagram, in the moment of being on there and scrolling, you need to catch yourself and choose that other direction. You need to start carving that other path in the sand actively and consciously that's why listening to this even or talking about this having these conversations and doing the measuring and monitoring all helps you with that awareness because now i'm starting to know in the moment to choose that other path and carve that and again as that becomes deeper and the other paths become weaker my brain is just going to begin to automatically choose that right so that's i think that's just a huge uh concept and I'll, and I'll kind of leave it there at the at the surface level sure. um but i think that's just huge 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 that's why i always tell people everybody uh in the beginning of the day really you don't want to use your phone in the first half hour hour of waking up because you're training yourself right when you wake up your brain waves are like in this super receptive state um and you're teaching yourself to be reactive on the phone you know to buy all that stimuli just sweeping through uh so that that's huge but i i i'll kind of go over to the other side of your question there with how do i feel not um indulging in that stuff so specifically with what i just said not using it in the morning uh sometimes i I can be forgetful because again i'm i'm sort of already programmed in the way of doing that right and so I'm right now in the stage of consciously catching myself here and there until it becomes more of a pattern, right? That I don't. Um, Powerful. So, but I notice a huge difference when I do it. Um, one thing, you know, why it's so important and shout out to Tim Ferriss. He said sometimes, a lot of times a not to-do list can be important, more important than a to-do list mm. because, uh, you know, what we don't do determines what we can be doing, if that makes sense. Right. If I'm not on my phone in that first half hour of the day, what am I doing? There's right. that. That's that's always been an opportunity cost of something better. I could a better habit or something else. And maybe now, okay, I'm gonna take some time to read or meditate or have a breakfast this morning instead of skip it or whatever it is. Right. Um, anything probably is better than just picking up the phone and going to social. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Now the other piece of this, I've actually done like social media fasting, if you will. Every once in a while, I'll take a good month or a good couple weeks off of Instagram entirely. Uh, and Instagram is really the only one I, I probably use like in a consumer type of way. Uh, m- when I'm on Facebook, it's strictly you know running ads and for the business. But so Instagram is really what I was focused on. But I think just total removal, first off, is key to me. I think don't leave something up to chance. You know. Um, 
like, I, I believe that's Murphy's law. He's like, if it can go wrong, it will, right? If I just tell myself, I'm not going to go on Instagram, but my app is sitting there on my homepage. Right. Again, if it can go wrong, it, it will. Or it has mm. the probability to, more so than if it were removed. Right. You're not going to, like, delete your whole account. You just get rid of that. You know what I mean? Um, same way, or the phone itself. Like, I'm not going to say I'm only going to spend two hours or I'm going to try to set the, the timer block on my phone or whatever. You should just remove it. If I remove it, there's a zero probability of me using it because I literally can't. So throw it straight up in your drawer. Don't yep. like go to dinner and don't bring it yep. type of stuff, you know? I love it. Um, so I think removal is huge. I agree. Like the elimination of that. And honestly, it's been amazing yes. every time I do it. Yes. I think a lot of people don't take big breaks from social because they FOMO, fear of missing out, right? Right. Um, because you're so used to looking at everyone's life and story and narrating their own stuff and you're like, you almost are feeding that content or whatever that is. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, your dopamine hits and all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you realize, and I realize when I come back, like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't miss anything. Like, it's just the same old stuff I kind of been been seeing and and also nobody really missed me like yeah if the mm. algorithm didn't work as good or maybe i didn't get as many likes or whatever i i am a huge proponent of leveraging social media and using it as a creator and using it to expand your business obviously that's what i do right but i do think uh there is place for that also you just got to know what what position you're in where are you with it what are your behaviors around the platform some people don't really have that issue sure you know um but sorry i kind of kind of lost my place there um was just saying that the total removal of it for me, I feel more at peace, happier, more focused and dialed into what I'm doing. Um, I'd say all around just better. I yeah, think. and it, it's, it's pretty amazing because I don't consider myself even somebody that is addicted to social media or that I have like a real issue with it, or that it's even presented big challenges in my life or been a noticeable, uh, you know, roadblock for me or, or whatever you want to call it. But even my own removal of it was still super impactful. So I would recommend everybody try it. I would second that recommendation because I have done that same thing myself and I feel the same way. Like I go from feeling like more anxious and comparing myself to others and mm. kind of like we talked about previously, like kind of feeling like I have to feed the beast with content and then like find myself, if I'm not being mindful, like subconsciously like seeking that approval and that validation, even if the intention is just to add value because it's kind of like the nature of the beast, unlike the dopamine and the conditioning. But like that being said, not to um, beat a dead horse, but I've also abstained from social media for specific time periods, specific time frames, especially if I notice that I'm kind of mindlessly using the app and just looking at it if I get bored, I kind of like to ask myself like, hey, like Jared was talking about, like why am I even about to get on here? Like what's, what's the intention for this? And I've noticed similar benefits as well. Like when I'm not using the application, I feel more present, I feel happier, I feel, I feel more clear. I feel more focused and then you have um, opportunity costs as well. It's like, okay, d like he was saying, definitely utilize the platform as the powerful tool that it is, leverage that and the algorithm will reward you. But just, I would say, just <laughs> don't allow the algorithm to pimp you. Just be mindful of that. Like who's really Absolutely. in control here? 
Yeah. But that being said, um, yeah, no, that's, that's big. Um, and again, and I don't want to sound like I'm cheater tottering, right? Because again, I do believe that utilizing social media is great. Absolutely. I just think that again, know where you're at with it and, and try to build a positive, uh, you know, positive habits around it as you would anything else. Right. Right. I think, you know, even myself using some of these tactics or hiding the app and whatnot, that's not necessarily the goal. I'm using that to try and serve me now to, you know, correct myself. But the goal would be I am using social media and I am active on there. Right. However, it's in a way that best serves me and keeps me efficient and it keeps me still feeling good and fulfilled and happy and, and getting to that place. Um, so, again, I think it's like the building the maturity around it, building out how you're using it, you know. A lot of people, unfortunately, maybe didn't utilize it in the best fashion or, you know, for their own their own best good uh, in the beginning. And so we're sort of unworking those lines in the sand, right? Absolutely. Agreed. And I think oh. that metaphor is incredibly powerful. It's one of the best explanations I've ever heard about, like, neural pathways and just, like, habit developing. Uh, so that was beautiful. Well said. You. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so just to kind of touch on a different subject, like... What, like, practices, like, habits and routines, rituals, per se, whatever you'd like to call it, have you cultivated or do you feel like have been, like, your more, your most powerful tools as far as cultivating awareness, building and developing new habits that actually serve you and empower you and just staying consistent with those things so you can actually reach your goals and have more control over your experience? Yeah, that's great. So, to make sure I know what you're asking to, um, sure. basically, what type of habits or different things uh, am I am I trying to build out, or have I been sticking to that are helping me with that awareness? You're saying to make better decisions, or for so kind of what I'm asking specifically, like what tools, um, habits, rituals, routines do you use, or have you used just to cultivate more awareness? Mm. and from that place of being more aware, like kind of share like some of the benefits, even though we have like touched on that, if that makes sense. Yes, totally. Um, so as far as uh, like routines, habits, I won't, I won't say this is necessarily routinely for me because it is more so, um, you know, it's not necessarily organized, but it is something that I do somewhat consistently uh, is just tapping into stuff like this or just educational content. So most of the time I'm tapping into audio because it's super easy to integrate that in your day when you're driving, when you're working out, uh, when you're going to bed or just whatever it is in the mornings, have it in the background. Uh, it's really easy for me to, um, you know, always be kind of submerging myself in that type of content. I'm huge on mentors and, and who you listen to and who is your guide. Um, that's huge for me, you know, other things, I mean, just even keeping in proximity to people, I'm a big, uh, fan of like being in the room or proximity is power. You know, that's been a huge, huge thing for me, your actual environment and the energies that you're, uh, you know, meshing with throughout your day. Absolutely. Um, again, not necessarily something routinely, but this is just sort of things that I fit into my lifestyle and things that I do. Uh, you know, on a weekly basis or whatnot. Um, I invest a, a lot of my money into 
resources and like paid and organized information. Um, so just and any, I'm really pertaining all this to like awareness, right? So general right. awareness is just honestly just staying a student. I can sort of boil everything down to just mm-hmm. keeping that like humility, right? Staying humble, knowing you can learn uh, from everybody, keeping your teachability index high, right? Your willingness to learn and your willingness to accept change, um, keeping those high and staying open. You know, I've really tried to adopt the, that type of philosophy in my life so that it's just kind of a natural thing for me that I'm always seeking out, you know, more information. Um, not always the most fun thing, yeah, uh, but it, it kind of becomes fun. It becomes exciting through its own reward, right? Because I understand that I'm improving my life through it and it's, it's given me new opportunities and things that I can share with friends or whatever, um, so it does become sort of appealing, you know what I mean? Uh, the other thing I would say, uh, as far as just keeping awareness and this is sort of different, but in, as opposed to, you know, there's all this information out outside of you, right. And all this, uh, awareness you can gain on things and topics and business and whatnot. But I also think a self-awareness kind of on the other side of the coin um, is super huge, and that is something that has been throughout my life a little more routinely, at least in these last few years, as I've focused on personal development and focused on trying to be my best self and whatnot. Uh, number one thing, meditation. So taking time to really, uh, whether you call that tuning out of everything around you or tuning in to yourself, however you want to frame that, um, taking the time to be still, to be silent and at peace and kind of just be. Uh, I like mindfulness meditation. It helps to increase focus and reduce stress. It actually has physiological changes in your brain. Uh, if you look into it, it has effects on your hippocampus and on your amygdala. It's pretty crazy uh, through consistent meditation, obviously, but it's something that's helped me remove anxiety. You know, in the past when I was going through a hard time, it's something that's helped me, like I said, increase focus. Uh, what I do is, you know, I just do like a lying position um, I do some breath work in the beginning, so deep breaths, really loosening my body, focusing on my muscles from top down, kind of letting go of the tension, shedding that off, you know, and then I'll go into uh, sort of just a breathing pattern where I'm really just focused on my breath and you have thoughts that come and go and whatnot, you know, and you, you're not necessarily resisting them, you're just sort of letting them pass and you just keep refocusing on the breath and bringing your attention back. It doesn't have to be your breath. It could be, you know, an instrument in the music you're playing or whatever it is. I like to do it silent. I like to do it dark um, so I can be still. But that has been huge. I mean, like 10, 20 minutes for me, it's it's seriously impactful. And you just got to keep in mind it's a practice. So it's not something that you're going to feel like cool about or good at after your first time or maybe even your third or fourth. Yep. Most people quit meditation because it's frustrating. Yep. They feel like they can't do it or... They get irritated with the thoughts that are coming in or they fall asleep or they don't think they're doing it right. You know, don't, don't overthink it. Just let yourself get into that flow and just, I I would highly, highly recommend. And I know you, I mean, you've even taught me different things through meditation and kind of like seeing your journey through it has been awesome as well uh, because I know you're also pretty tuned into that. So that's, I would say as far as, and, and I know I, I, premise that all around self-awareness, right? Because it does help for you to like evaluate and learn and kind of ask yourself your questions and things will pop up in your head and 
you'd be surprised. I mean, I've even worked out problems and different things with myself or with, you know, my communication, just different, whatever it is, because I elevate into that different state. Um, so those are the, a few of the things I would say just, just really being a student and then having little practices like that in my day, you know, to keep me, uh, aware and intentional. I think that was incredibly beautifully said. And, uh, I just want to kind of give some additional credence to that and just let people know like the gravity of uh how powerful of a tool i do think those things he touched on are just from like my own personal experience so like first of all like if you're not growing you're dying Mm -hmm. and life is all about change like the only constant really is change and i've noticed from my own personal experience yeah like being coachable and teachable and being willing to accept change is definitely going to be more beneficial to you than being closed off because if you're not being open-minded and entertaining new ideas and applying them, you're not going to be getting different results because there's that old saying like, if you do what you've always done, you've, you'll get what you've always got. Sure. And if you want new results, you have to just basically be willing to step outside of your comfort zone, but understanding that that's where all the growth lies. And even though it can be scary, just understanding that, okay, action is the cure-all. I believe Tony Robbins said that. You introduced that to me, which is incredibly powerful. But um, yeah, action is the cure-all. So even though it seems scary, that's just the resistance. And once you overcome that resistance, that's where the growth and adaptation is. So even though it seems scary, it's just like really just, you know, trusting that those small things that are uncomfortable done Mm. consistently are the things that are going to like get you to where you want to go and that by being quote unquote like comfortable you're going to be in the same place not growing so I don't really want to like lose my point but that being said it's incredibly powerful but as far as meditation goes that's uh, been an incredibly powerful tool tool for me as well just um like it taught me that you are not your thoughts and I think because I live my life this way, I thought I was my thoughts. And I would identify with like negative thoughts and then I would feel bad and then I would focus on that and what you focus on grows and then it would just be kind of, it would become kind of like a downward spiral almost. I would, you know, become like anxious or depressed but like once I started the meditation practice and realized, oh, I can just like observe my thoughts and oh, I don't necessarily have to react to my thoughts. I can kind of like you touched on earlier, like take that space between the stimuli and I can, you know, choose to actually, instead of react, I can utilize that space and respond. And that's just really empowering. So that being said, it did take a lot of time for me to like cultivate the practice and like to build the mindset. And I'm still doing that because it's a journey, not a destination. But that being said, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I actually like how you, how you kind of put that even when you said like with the, the whole growing or dying thing, right? It's like everything right. is kind of on a sliding scale right. of like you're always going in one direction, you know? So um, I think it's just knowing it's like it's, it's about the direction, not the destination, as cliche mm. as that sounds. It's powerful. But it's because you're not, you, you never necessarily get it. You're always getting it, right? Well, I think that's a huge, and that's what keeps you sometimes coachable or, or hum, yeah, humble and having the humility and staying the student, you know, um, is, is understanding that 
So I think that's um, just super impactful. But um, another thing I, I sort of wanted to dive into because you you mentioned how that whole process trying to adopt new beliefs and find awareness and be curious and be open to answers and all that stuff, it's not always... Uh, and being self-aware, especially in that self-evaluation and all that, right. isn't always the the prettiest process because there is going to be resistance and there is that stuff. But I think having people understand that that is natural. Yes. Um, you know, the, the, the theme kind of on social media, right? Like all of the growth, all this stuff, it always looks so good. But a lot of times you're kind of having to shovel back through all of the BS that mm. you already had programmed in or implemented or whatever, it's going to be uncomfortable, right? Because you said you start identifying with your thoughts and you're identifying with all this stuff and it's your, it becomes your self image. You start living yeah. through this story of your program. Right. And when you go to change that, it's like your, your ego, it's like a, it's almost as though you're putting an attack out on yourself and we're built for survival. So it becomes pretty difficult you have some conflicts internally because your brain is like whoa what are you doing with this identity here like i've been building this and you're just going to come in and try and you know so wow um incredibly powerful yeah you know like how how uh ty says like i don't know if i can cuss on this uh, oh go podcast. for it yeah. he says like don't be the bitch of your mind you know? <laughs> Facts, <laughs> and bro. that's super uh applicable you know but but i think it gives you a little bit of comfort knowing that like, okay, this is the natural process. Not thinking like, dude, I'm so screwed up or like, oh, this is so bad or, you know, it becomes a lot less frightening when you understand that it's just part of the journey. Absolutely. And so I think, I think it's good to not be too naive to think that like, okay, I'm on the way up and this is just going to be so awesome. It's like, <laughs> dude, you're kind of fighting through those. Uh, I don't want to call them like demons. I'm not going to be that dark, but like you're fighting through those, those Things that you built, you know, you you put in structure that you no longer longer want in place, and you're gonna have to knock some walls down. That's not always the best uh, feeling. Not you know, you're gonna have to clean up, <laughs> right? Yeah. But either way, I think it's just such an empower uh, empowering thing. Yes. And it really has no other substitute. I agree, and it's interesting to me because as someone who always wanted to be successful. Um, there's another old saying, I like sayings, quotes, things like that. When the student's ready, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, you have a desire for something, but when you're ready to like actually learn those things, assuming you're being coachable and teachable and willing to accept change, you kind of like get to that new level. You meet that new teacher, um, mentor, whatever you'd like to call it. And then basically like from that space, you can kind of, uh, basically move forward on that journey. Yeah. That being said, I... Hmm. It's interesting to me that it seems like all successful people do have certain things in common. And one of the biggest things, and shout out to Tim Ferriss because he had a similar observation and that I think that's literally why he wrote the book uh, Tools of Titans, just to like basically like share, you know, successful people's um, habits, routines, rituals with other people so they could like emulate that success and like use the same tools to like empower themselves. But that being said, I'm mm -hmm. noticing that like a mindfulness practice is probably one of the most common things that I see mm -hmm. within successful people. And it makes like perfectly sense based on like the context of the conversation and understanding, like you said as well, like it's not, it's definitely a process. And like you said, you understand that like by delaying gratification, 
and working the actual process and appreciating the journey as you go because it's not necessarily about where you're going like you acknowledged it's about who you become you start mm-hmm. to enjoy the process so much just by becoming a better person that like you acknowledge you're absolutely right the gratification becomes the journey itself as opposed to like yeah. the end and then all that like and, and like you said when you're ready for those things it starts falling into place right right like your inner world determines your outer world as within so without all of that stuff we've been hearing forever, forever. you know and it's like yep. you tap into that and it's like oh man this, <laughs> this was this was so simple we didn't see it as true or follow it but this is huge huge you know um huge because you start now pull, like you said it's all about what you're becoming exactly i'm i'm gonna pull those things into my life the teacher will it says the teacher will appear when the student's ready it doesn't say the student got ready and went and found the teacher <laughs> you know what i'm saying he didn't he didn't go toward it it's a beingness that pulled it into his yeah mm, and that is so powerful i'm so happy you said that because and obviously this would be my belief but based on like a lot of like science obviously like i'm not a scientist or like a you know, I'm not sure. any of those things, but that being said, based on like the research that I've done, the way that I understand kind of like the nature of life and reality is that we live in a vibrational universe and based on the law of attraction, you attract what you are. So your point of vibration, the frequency you're currently vibrating from is going to be your point of attraction, which is going to be dictated by your thoughts. And when you're being mindful and using practices that can help you think more clearly and more accurately and you can intentionally direct your thoughts since energy can be created or destroyed, you can align with and be in harmony with higher frequencies and just have a better experience because you're having a more positive experience because that's your point of attraction based on the law of attraction. So it really, and it's so interesting because like before cultivating any awareness, not saying like I'm at like some crazy level of awareness, it's a practice that I'm committed to and I understand it's a journey, but that being said, like how I understand it, it's just beautiful to me that you can raise your vibration and you can change your default programming thus basically programming yourself into a successful person and vibrating from like successful frequencies and positive energies and just have a more positive experience just based on being diligent and patient and humble and coachable and teachable and willing to accept change and just being curious and open-minded and working towards like a definite goal with clarity and just like being around success and it's just so interesting because I say all that to say and mind you I don't know anything I'm just giving like kind of like my antidote on like based from personal experience on like being early in my journey but that being said it's just interesting because when I first started on this path of success you could say which is interesting because everyone's definition of success is different anyway right and we all want something different but I think it was uh, Earl Nightingale who said success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal but when I first got like started on this path I had no idea that success was actually more energetic and more Mm -hmm. about like you said being becoming a successful person transforming into a successful person and like giving up like who you were and it's just interesting mm-hmm. like I feel like there are a lot of misconceptions about success and kind of like a lot of crap that's oh, yeah. thrown out there but like the truth of it is just so beautiful and it's so humbling but it there are it seems to me to be like definite principles 
as far as just like becoming successful and it's like if you do certain things it's like success isn't guaranteed but it's like you're almost guaranteed success sure you sure as hell raising the probability right <laughs> right 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 well, so. uh, if you want like i was saying the other day if you want the apple to fall on your lap you better be sitting under the tree <laughs> yeah you know and, yeah. and like exactly like these universal laws i absolutely think i mean i'm pretty deep into that as you know i've tapped into a lot absolutely. of that stuff and just absolutely. a way of living and, and the essence of how you're being and whatnot um and it's been huge for me so i, I absolutely think there are commonalities that have been proven to you know enrich somebody's uh, life experience. Now, obviously, those things I believe are universal, like gravity, right? Yes. Whether you believe in gravity or not, you're falling when you jump. Hundred percent. It just is a thing. Hundred percent. And uh, the other thing, though, too, is not getting that mixed in with success, which is not something that is as concrete, like you just said. Success is maybe something you have to find for yourself or curate for yourself. It's like the beauty's in the eyes of the beholder type of deal. Like, what does that mean for you? Right. And I always tell people, like, most of the time, it is a, a beingness. It is a state. Like, a lot of the times when you have a desire or a goal, you start boiling it down and asking yourself why you really want it. Right. And I talk about this all the time. You end up with a feeling. Yes. Almost always. A all feeling that either you want or want someone else to have. Yeah. Which, if you want them to have it, you're, again, that's a feeling that is providing you, right? The, of fulfillment or whatever that is. Sure. Um, or providing value or whatever. Right. So, I think that's just huge for, you know... I do think there are things to, you know, like like there are those commonalities, those tools and, and ways to kind of reach uh, success, if you will, even though that always looks different for the person and is created by that person. It's just those are the ways to, you know, create efficiencies in your life or to mm. think in the terms of creation and into the mm. law of creation and, and mm. attraction and figuring out all that stuff. I mean... I haven't met anybody who's tapped into that stuff and really been intentional about it and implemented in their life who has not seen what they call a positive result. Well said. And honestly, a lot of our conversation has ran around this, but the biggest thing, uh, I I think, and we're talking about neural pathways and identity and success and being aware and all this stuff is, uh, and I actually got, I believe this quote from Eric Thomas, but... Uh, a lot of people say this is, you know, the, the most important thing in any given moment is, y- you know, your willingness to sacrifice who you are for what you're going to become. I agree. Right? Because you, you're you letting go and you're picking up, right? It's like destroy and rebuild or whatever you want to call it. Unlearn and relearn and all this. Right. So uh, it'd be arrogant to think that we just, you know, came up perfectly and had everything, like... Not that I don't, you know, not that everyone is not whole and complete. That's not what I'm saying either. Right. I'm not saying you should feel inadequate or at a lack because not anything that stems out of a lack is not going to produce you any abundance Fact. anyways. Fact. But it's knowing your abundance and becoming self-aware and waking up to that stuff and tapping into your, your greatness and yes. knowing the, the ways to do that, right? Like yes. and there's, there are ways and strategies and tactics and you can become more mindful to your you know what I mean? It's like there are changes you can make and ways that you can take more control and ways that you can really unlock your own potential. But I really do believe that everyone already has that. Yes, and it's I just agree. Nece- like it's just like a waking up to it, right? I, I agree. I it's agree. like dormant in all of us, you know. <laughs> that is so powerful. That is so powerful. I completely agree. And one thing that came to mind, even though I haven't read the book, is uh, the Tony Robbins book. I believe it's called, like, Awaken the Giant Within. Yeah. Yes. 
Great so book. shout out to Tony Robbins. I'll have to check it out. But that being said, I totally agree. I do think, like Jay-Z said, like everyone's got like a genius level talent at something. And I think it's just literally deciding because it all stems with the decision initially deciding to basically pursue that, you know, and uh, allow that greatness to like manifest within your life or like take control of your life and basically like get what's yours, you know, because life purpose and like self-actualization have been coming up a lot for me recently. And like what that means to me is just basically following your bliss and basically serving and sharing your gifts with the world. So like taking that genius level of talent, deciding to commit to take that to its fullest potential. And through that, sharing that with the world. And I feel like just by you sharing your greatness with the world through that, through the empowerment of yourself, that in itself is going to motivate and inspire and empower others and it's almost like the greater you become on your journey through the utilization of these tools or habits or practices or whatever things are helping you on your journey it's almost like you're giving other people permission to do the mm-hmm. same just by your existence so in my opinion leading almost, through example almost leading through example so i feel like it becomes our duty to basically become our greatest versions and become the best we can be just so that we can help as many people as possible and our lives become an example basically kind of like how a celebrity or excuse me how like a fan would look up to a celebrity or like have a favorite athlete or hear like a piece of music or work that just inspires them to want to reach within themselves and find that greatness and I kind of just wanted to throw that out there because it felt like relevant and I've been having a lot yeah. of conversations about it. Shout out to uh, Austin. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. What, what are like kind of your thoughts about that? Cause it's <laughs> no, like, very profound. I, I'm super, profound. I'm totally with you. Um, a story that kind of represents that. And, and I, I like, I like this and actually there's a Will Smith interview. Uh, it's one of his more popular ones. If you like looked up Will Smith interview on YouTube or something, mm-hmm. uh, he's on a stage with another guy, but he's talking about how, cause the guy's, saying like, oh, you're like an icon and all this. And he's like, well, I don't necessarily want to be an icon. He's like, what I want to be is a representation Mm. of possibility. Mm. And that more is possible and that you can make the rules and that you can do it and all that, right? And it's like, almost like you're talking like, that's a part of the huge fulfillment of empowering yourself is being able to be that for somebody because not everyone has that person. Right. you know, even like a, a big goal for myself is like, and I think everybody kind of wants this is like to be the person, to, to be that person you needed most for other people once you get to the other side. Yes. So I think that's super big. And uh, there's a, there's actually a excerpt from David Goggins book, um, Can't Hurt Me, where he talks about how sometimes it takes for that one person to be the leader, to break through something to, like you said, to show you. Uh, what it is, right? Like you don't, you don't know what you don't know, or you don't know what's what can be done until it's done. It's like right. it was actually about uh, running the mile. I think it was like a six minute mile or the five minute mile, mm-hmm. and like no one for all these years of, of you know track and racing and all that stuff had run like I think it was a six minute mile or something, or maybe it was five. Um, and then one year, one guy finally breaks it, right? Just one guy. Well, within a few months after he broke that record. 
dozens of people broke it. And it's like, how come nobody ever did before, but all of a sudden it seems like everyone can do it. Like it's not even special all of a sudden. Right. Because someone had to be that front runner exactly. to show the possibility and give people, right? It's like you have to believe it before you can achieve it in that sense, you know? <laughs> um, so I think, I think that's a huge, huge piece of uh, just everything. That's, that's a lot of the excitement of it. That's a lot of the fun of it, right? Like we're, we're out here, we're exploring, we're adventurers at heart, and like we're trying to grow and find things. And, and I think a big piece of growing and doing all this is like be curious, being curious. Yes. Um, why not? Like seek the answers, ask, the, ask more questions and like all of that stuff so you can be that person. If not for yourself, like we're talking about for other people or to be the representation of that possibility. So that's super huge. Wow. That is beautiful. And uh, that framework, like be that representation of possibility. It, it's so beautiful. And that, and like what that brings up for me is that like, as far as being a human being, like, and shout out to Austin because he was making this point as well. Like we're the ultimate adaptation machine. And that is exactly why we're the, in his words, quote unquote, the apex predator. That's why we're at the top of the food chain currently because we're the most adaptable. We, <laughs> we can thrive <laughs> in any environment. We can make anything happen. So that being said, Tom Billu talks a lot about just basically how human possibility is almost infinite. And that's why, like you were saying earlier, I think embodying that student mentality and like you just acknowledged, like that curiosity is so important because, and once again, what you just said as well, like we don't even know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. So being in that space of being like open and receptive and curious and open-minded and just like always wanting to learn, even though, like you said, initially it may not seem exciting, like that becomes the reward in itself based on like who you're becoming. And it's so interesting because like as you like grow and evolve more and you realize that like the previous limitations that you had given yourself were so far un beneath your actual potential. Mm. It, it's just so incredible. Like, and it's, I think it's just really motivational and really inspirational yeah. because it makes it's, me it's a must to do that. If you want to mm. grow, you know, yeah. it's like, and I think a lot of people aren't maybe aware of that. I agree. And so, and first element of change is awareness, right? And so right. that's why I think something like this and being on the show is so cool. And what you're doing for everybody and, and you know, those who are still uh, tuned in at this point, obviously, are those type of people right. who, are look, who are looking to improve or looking for those answers or whatnot. So, sure. um, no, I just think it's, it's really awesome. And again, great opportunity to be on here and to share some of that stuff yes. and uh, dive into these topics. It's, Kind of refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> it is super refreshing. And honestly, like, once again, I want to express gratitude to you. Like, thank you for being here. And it's awesome to share this moment. And like you said, hopefully create some value and hopefully some breakthroughs and epiphanies and just maybe like shed a little bit of light um, for other individuals. But Absolutely. That being said, um, we've got about a minute left. We're going to close this thing out just by once again. Uh, expressing some gratitude. Jared, thank you for this excellent conversation. Yes, thank uh, you for having me and thank you to everybody uh, who's tapped in. Definitely reach out or, you know, let's get connected. Absolutely. Um, where can these guys follow you on social media? Yes, so I'm primarily on Instagram. You can find me at Suarez. S-U-A-R-E-Z. 
go ahead, give me a follow or just shoot me a DM and I will uh, definitely get in touch with you. All right. That being said, give this man a follow. He is going to give you an incredible amount of value. Excuse me. This has been episode two of The Roland Show. Be looking out for more episodes. Follow me on Instagram at RolandTheGoat333 and stay tuned for more episodes. Take care, guys.